Third test Wednesday, Australia and India in indoor pup. Steve Smith set to lead the side, of course. Uh, Very sad news with Pat Cummins uh, revealing that his mother is in palliative care, so he's staying home. And certainly thoughts with Pat and his family for sure. But Steve Smith steps up again. Yeah, look, I think firstly, um, thoughts are with Paddy and his family. Uh, I I definitely think he's made the right decision. And to be honest, and I think it will be the case, I I don't think he, he needs to go back to India. For, for this test series. I think Australia can't win the series. Um, again, he doesn't need to make that decision now. He can see what happens in his third test, but I, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take it to my grave that family will always come first. I know playing for your country is extremely special and very important and you cherish every game you get because it might be your last, but to be with your family uh, when they need you, I think... That, it, that, that will always be number one in my mind. So, yeah, thinking of him and his and all of his family, and I'm sure the boys will be as well. So hopefully they can get out there and perform well and I guess just learn from the first two tests, which I think that's what that a, a fan or a past player wants to see. We all, we've all lost in India. We've all lost games of cricket in India, that's for sure, and, and that will never change. They're tough to beat over there. They've got two very experienced spinners that have bowled very well, but I think our shot selection has not been great. I think the way we've, our plan in regards to how we've tried to start our innings has not been great, and again, we've spoken a lot about that cross-bat shot, that sweep shot. Early in your innings on a wicket that's staying low is very difficult. So let's see what the conditions are like. Um, Steve Smith gets another chance to captain Australia, which is great for him. Um, he just obviously will need to be well aware that there will be a camera on him 24-7. You know, I think I've said that for a long time about Smitty. I just think when he when he's captain, there's because of what's happened in the past, there's always extra um, thoughts around his mannerisms, uh, what's he saying, his arm actions, that sort of thing. So he knows that. Uh, hopefully... You know, him getting this extra responsibility again. He walks out and makes a big hundred and gets us off to a good start in that first innings. But important test match for us, I reckon, just for learning. You know, we've got experienced players. These are the guys that, that really should be taking charge and leading by example and, and showing whether it's young players in the squad, young kids watching on TV that want to go and be a part of this Australian team one day. Okay, we haven't got it right in the first two test matches. Now we're going to adjust, change, find a way. Yeah, try and get something out of these last two test matches and ho- hopefully when we go to uh, to England, we have a bit more confidence, even though it's got to be totally different yep. conditions. But one thing we haven't touched on, and am I missing something here? Like, we talk about Baz Ball with England. Have they been too aggressive in this test match oh, against New Zealand? On. Because mm. they, dismissed England, uh, they dismissed New Zealand for 209 in the first innings, and they got 435, but they were only 226 runs in front, with two and a half days still to go, by the way. What's the go there? Look, I'm all for being aggressive too, the by moment, the way. So well, just the current state of plays, New Zealand are three for 202 following on in their second inning. So they're trailing by 24 runs, seven wickets in hand. Two days I'll, to go. Yes, I'll, so they had two, two and a half days. days. I'll, yes. say, I'll say this. At the moment, England's playing in sixth gear. It's 100% aggression, but it's working. So they're getting away with it. This position right now is a loser test match. So what comes with taking risks and trying to win in a certain style is okay if you're getting the results. If they lose this test match, because they've tried to win the test in four days or three and a half days, now the media will be saying, mate, if you guys just drop your egos for a little bit, play sensible cricket, you win the, you win the test match lunch day five easily. 
but they're not trying to play like that. They're trying to attack the whole time. And again, the other thing I don't know is what's the forecast. They might be thinking, okay, there might be rain around the last two days. Rather than you know taking that risk, let's have a crack. And we back our batting that even if we can't chase whatever they set us on day five, we won't get out. So, look, it's, it's a combination of, at the moment, they are playing confident cricket and they're willing to risk losing to win. Mm. But do that a few times. And we'll see what the media says. We'll see if you're still going to play that way. And that's going to be their challenge. And that's the opportunity, though, for New Zealand in this test match. And then Australia, when they go, Australia knows they don't need to take any risks. England will risk losing to win. They're saying it loud and proud. So we play our best cricket. We get a little opportunity like this where they send us back in and we go, bang, take a victory there all of a sudden. You're 1-0 up in the series. All of a sudden, game two becomes a lot more pressure, a lot harder to declare at that stage or go and bat in that type of, you know, we want to, we want to declare on day one. Well, let's see if you do that when you've, you've lost a few. But, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think anyone can be critical of England at the moment because they are playing a great brand of cricket and it's working. Morning, Mossy. Mate, I think your dad will be upset about that comment. I thought he was best dressed. Mate, all I want to all I want to say is, can you imagine your wife wearing a wedding dress to a you know to a speaking event? You can't wear your number ones to a speaking event. Listen, backdoor Ben. Mate, seriously, it's <laughs> unbelievable. No you wore your wedding time. outfit to a speaking gig. <laughs> well, I, I, I thought he looked magnificent. He did look sharp. Yeah, I'm just the jealous because you outlooked me. Now, now, Mossy, I want to ask, all right, did those St. Louis Blues remain white by the end of the night? <laughs> there, was a few, uh, there was a few shoe bandits out there, Loz, trying to set up my toes. But, mate, when you come from coaching at the professional level, you used to being having, having your toes trodden on. <laughs> well, i tell you what, Arnie, Arnie's a stayer. Yeah, he is. He loves it. Um, he was loving it, uh, mingling with uh, all our listeners. And uh, the only the only downside was uh, was Clarky just ditching him. Yeah, I had Let to um, dry. I had to run. Sorry, buddy. Unfortunately, but um, it made it. You know what? I really enjoyed talking to him. I thought he was brilliant. Um, Great man. Yeah. Look, I, I take very much old school. Um, you know, leadership style, in my opinion. I, I think he's very upfront, straight shooter, uh, says it how he means it. I, I, I would, like, again... He reminds me of a cricket, rugby league coach, yeah, Arnie. Yeah. He reminds mm. me of a rugby league coach. Yeah, I, would want, I would want to play under him. If I, if I was, yeah. you know, forget a sport, just his style of personality, like, he, he would drag the best out of me, I reckon. I'd love to play under him. Yeah, and you know what? He's very open-minded to learning from others as well. Like, your comment then, Loz, he used to coach, I think it was about six or seven of the NRL club's uh, goal kickers um, back when, when he was coaching at Northern Spirit or just after. Um, and, and they loved him, you know, and he used to pick the brain of the rugby league coaches and the players and, you know, just pick up things here and there and, and then impart his knowledge. I heard a couple of questions he asked you, Clarkie, just at the table privately and, you know, he shows a real care for, yeah. for the human being. Seems like we and, both like the media the same amount. <laughs> 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 Is that probably because we've copped our fair share of stick? <laughs> that was certainly our common denominator for the day. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it, was, uh, it was good fun. A really, really yeah, great day and, and great to mix with the, uh, with the listeners, see them face-to-face had a couple of years. And, um, great day all round. Yeah. Certainly was. So on a positive, Mossy, uh, your leg in the multi on Friday. That went good. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I took the <laughs> final. 
Uh, I'd tipped, uh, tipped Manchester United to win the, the Carabao Cup. I've done that. So I'm two two from two in that department. The multi was, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's talk less about that. Well, we would have probably forgotten about it. It was only Pengilly put his hand up and said it was the worst multi of all time. Because all your, all your legs sunk. But let's talk a yeah. real positive, Mossy, over in uh, Scotland this morning. As we go from you know the Socceroos coach to the former Socceroos coach and Ange Postacoglu over there with Celtic and they've won the Scottish League Cup final at Hampton Park this morning two one, another trophy and I think now we're very much at the point with Ange you, you do start to wonder what is next I mean they could win a treble there this season Celtic. Yeah, that's right. They're still alive. They're in the quarterfinal of the Scottish Cup. Um, that was the Scottish League Cup that they uh, they lifted this morning. Aaron Moy instrumental in uh, in both goals. Furuhashi uh, scoring both goals as he did in last year's final as well, and he's got 24 for this season. Um, but you're right. Look, it'll get to a point, and he's nine nine points clear in the league uh, over Rangers. So you know, I think winning the league again is. Well, it's definitely theirs to lose. Let's say that it's not quite a lay down was there yet, but um, certainly his to lose. But I think I still think the holy grail for Ange is the Champions League, um, you know, and actually making a dent in that. Um, so that could, you know, weigh heavily on his mind around timing of, of when the next uh, when the next move comes. But you know, the noise is always getting louder and louder for the Premier League. Every club that is managerless or goes for a change of manager, his name gets thrown thrown in there. So, um, you know, it's only a matter of time, surely. Just with that, Mossy, this is a two-pronged uh, question. Um, in the Champions League with Celtic, can, can they be a serious competitor? And is Ange the type of coach that likes to challenge himself to stay at a club to make it continually have success? Or is he look at going to a club where he can start from the ground up and build that success? Yeah, I might answer that backwards, Loz, actually. So I'll start with your yep. second question. Um, he always times his moves very, very well. So, you know, he, he knows when the time is right to, to move on. And, and you look at what happened with Brisbane Raw. You look at um, not so much Melbourne victory because the, the Socceroos job came around um, and, and sort of pulled him away from that one. But uh, Yokohama in Japan... Um, the timing was right to move, um, and, and the same will have. And, and then the Socceroos, of course, he, he moved on where, when he thought he'd um, reached the end of the road there. So his timing is very good, um, and and he does like to take projects where you know you can get some really quick wins, um, yep. and and a few little tweaks here and there will shift the the narrative and the dynamic uh, very quickly. Um, with regards to the Champions League, can they make a dent? The hard part for Celtic. And this is, again, with all due respect to the Scottish League, that they don't play a lot of massive games in their league. Obviously, the old firm is, it comes around uh, you know, a few times a season, um, depending on how they go in the Cups and, and so forth. Um, but the Champions League, uh, every single game is massive. And when you're not, you know, when you're not trained to, to handle the massive occasion every single week, it, it, come, it becomes very hard to flick that switch when Champions League games come around. So... Whether they can make a dent there, I think the, the Scottish League is a is a handbrake on, you know, whether it's Celtic or Rangers making a dent in the Champions League. But if anyone can do it, um, you know, and he's had one crack at it now, Ange, so he'll be much more educated around what needs to happen this time round. Um, I think he can probably get a couple of wins there. And in England, you mentioned it, but Manchester United, uh, their first trophy since 2017, 2-0 
against Newcastle in that League Cup final. So poor old Newcastle still without a trophy in more than 50 years, but uh, starting to really get some momentum under Eric Ten Hag. Yeah, that's right. The only surprise this morning for me, and, and this is all due respect to Newcastle supporters, I, I, I did tip Manchester United. I just thought their momentum was strong going into this game. Newcastle have just gone off the boil a little bit under Eddie Howe the last uh, last few weeks. So not great timing when you've got a final to play. But um, the only surprise for me was that Rashford wasn't on the score sheet. He's been incredible um, in the last sort of six to eight weeks. But um, yeah, it, it's I think it's validation of the direction Ten Hag is taking the club. Uh, I, I remember months and months and months ago, Clarkie and I having a chat on air about Cristiano Ronaldo and, and what what could happen if uh, if he was to move Ronaldo on? Well, I think we're seeing the results of that. And it's not just yeah. down to that, but I think that was a big factor um, in Ten Hag getting control of the dressing room. And um, they're moving in the right direction. And silverware breeds a lot of confidence and smiles. And, uh, you know, when players are happy and winning things, then anything's possible. And they're, they're on a great trajectory now. Uh, but they've got another... Liverpool this weekend. Oh, so lock so another could all come crashing down on Monday oh. morning. Oh. <laughs> Fingers crossed, fingers crossed. At Anfield. <laughs> hey, Mossy, what about Chelsea, mate? Their dismal run continues. They got beaten by Tottenham. Uh, the manager, Graham Potter. How many yeah. more games has he got in him? Good. Well, by his own admission, not many. Uh, he said after the game that, you know, support only goes uh, for so long at a club, uh, you know, the in-club, but particularly a club the size of Chelsea. Things are not going well at all. They've scored... Um, my goodness, they've scored one goal in the last one, six matches. One goal in yeah. six games, absolutely, and and two wins in fifteen. Um, so they are on a, a slippery slide at the moment, the, the wrong direction. So um, look, I don't know. One game, two tops. I, I, I really don't see them. If if they don't win this weekend, um, you know, and if they went for another one or two weeks, I, I, I can't see it continuing. They they just can't afford it. The, the club like Chelsea. What about in the A-League, buddy? Uh, what did you make of Sydney FC's loss to Melbourne City? Um, look, it was fighting, Clarky. It was a mm. fighting loss. Um, you know, they didn't go away, even though Melbourne City dominated on the scoreboard um, and Sydney only scored their second goal in the 94th or 5th minute. Um, Caballo, the, the, the left back. Um, but, yeah, Melbourne City are just heads and shoulders, um, you know, above the above the rest. Um yeah. And they're, what, they've taken a nine-point lead now over second-place Central Coast Mariners. But the thing is, from second to 12th, there's 10 points. So from second-place Central Coast Mariners to last-place Melbourne Victory, who have got four points in their last uh, six, um, there's only 10 points. That's three wins and a draw. So any team that can get on a run um, is, is capable of uh, leapfrogging other teams. So it's still very, very tight with uh, I think there's uh, nine games to go. And in the, well, the derby between the Wanderers and MacArthur, just to, there's got to be some worries there for the Bulls, doesn't there, Mossy? 4-0 there at Combank. Yeah, I, I feel familiar to Sturjowski because he's taken over a, you know, a ship where there's obviously a, a, you know, a lot of, um, uh, what's the word, a, a, a lot of issues to, to deal with for a, for a first-time senior manager and obviously Dwight York. How that ended so abruptly, there was obviously some, some deeper issues and just a team talk after uh, the game in Adelaide, I think it was. Um, but yeah, Western Sydney Wanderers, credit to them, they were dominant. Um, MacArthur had a red card, Craig Noon up to six minutes. Um, so to play for 84 minutes with uh, plus injury time with 10 men was always going to come back to bite them. And, um, and Western Sydney Wanderers made them pay and 
Marco Rudan, his, uh, his revolution at the Wanderers is, uh, is starting to take shape. We'll have to leave it there. Mossy, thank you so much. Have a great week, guys. Take care. Uh, Heroes and Villains this Monday morning. Give us a call, 13.53.53 on the text line. Morning, lads. Today's hero is myself for remembering that the football is on this weekend. So I took the wife to Ed Sheeran on the Friday night, and we had the whole family day Saturday and Sunday. So now I should be right to sit back and do nothing and watch the footy while having a few beers. Uh, today's villain has to be Laurie and his multi. Instead of going to a fancy restaurant with the winnings, the wife and I had to settle for the local. Have a good one, boy, boys, from the Shell Harbour Happy Dragons. Sending that one through. And I uh, uh, saw some more. Well, geez, some more has come out of the Sel- the infamous Selwyn Cobbo podcast loss uh, from when he, you know, let's face it, gave his feelings on Kevin mm. Walters, which the Broncos then put out a statement saying it was taken out of context. Please. Uh, anyway, so the Broncos travelled to Penrith Friday night and Cobbo labelled Jerome Luai a grub. And this is on the back of the 135 podcast. And uh, this is, of course, after Origin last year when he, you know, Luai he was concussed and in the heat of the moment he stood over him. And, uh, yeah, so uh, Cobbo was asked about that on this podcast. And, uh, well, he said, he used the, the G mm. word, called him a grub. And Luai's, that's got back to Jerome Luai, who's uh, told News Corp, well, if he thinks that, let's get it on. Love this stuff. I, I love rivalry too. I, I must say that I don't think Jerome Luai knew exactly what had yeah, occurred to Cobbo yeah. when it happened. Yeah. I, I think he know he, he came in for a shot and then bounced off. Mm. And in the heat of the moment, Luai's mm. giving him a bit of a surf. But I think once he realised that he was knocked out, yeah. then obviously he'd love to take his reaction back. But mm. you can't do that. And that's happened a number of times through... Um, rugby league history uh, and Selwyn's got every right to think that you know he was being disrespectful but I think that L- Luai because I, I don't think any player would do that if they knew the outcome of the other person yeah if he knew he was if he knew he was knocked out, out no there's way. no way in the world you'd no. still stand over him no and, and carry on but I, I, I like little rivalries oh, I think it adds to the great. intensity of games little storylines along the way and you know if this gets more interest in the game so be it mm. Gee, oh, we're talking about it. Like Origin this oh, year. It's worked. Considering that epic Game 3 last year, it is going to be... There was carnage awesome. everywhere in that Game 3. Oh. It was a tough, brutal game of football. Our hero, Brett Coletta, who won the TPS Hunter Valley in a playoff after having the clubhouse lead for almost three hours. He shot nine under in the final round. Uh, villain myself for letting Profondo torch me again. Niso. Uh, sending that one through. But uh, still to come on the program this morning, obviously we'll preview punters post-mortem just before 9 o'clock. Plenty to talk about there out of the uh, the Group 1s and all the racing we saw at Ramwick and, of course, Sandown as well on the weekend. Uh, country Championships as well. We're not far away from uh, day one of the Championships. And we're going to speak to Luke McCarthy as well. Of course, Team McCarthy, they've won the past three Miracle Miles with the eight great King of Swing. And, uh, well, they've got two in the race. Luke, I believe, will be driving expensive Ego. And they've also got Spirit of St. Louis in the race as well. So still to come. We are at Club Menangle, if you're just tuning in. Over on the PGA Tour, the Honda Classic and final round. Americans dominating at the top of the leaderboard. Chris Kirk, 14 under par through 13 holes. And Eric Cole, also 14 under uh, after 12 holes. In fact, Cole's just gone to 15 under. So he leads by one shot. Uh, best of the Aussies, well, Cam Percy's six under par for the tournament. Uh, Minwoo Lee, four under. Harrison Endicott, 
four under as well. Over on the Live Tour, first event of the year, Charles Howe the third is, uh, well, he's flying in the final round. 15 under pass, six-stroke lead. He has ahead of Brandon Grace. Cam Smith, six under. The Aussie there over in the Live Tour. Our Aussie cricketers last night, they won another 2020 World Cup title. And they beat South Africa by 19 runs. Beth Mooney, player of the match. Outstanding performance, 74 not out of 53 deliveries. And uh, well, also overnight, in uh, the Six Nations Rugby France, they beat Scotland 32-21. So uh, 32-21, France looking good to potentially win that tournament. And, of course, they're hosting the World Cup later this year. But we are here at Club Menangle this morning. And it's Miracle Mile night here this Saturday night. And, of course, the winner of the last three Miracle Miles, the great king of swing, Team McCarthy, Luke and Belinda, trying to win it again. And uh, they've got two in the race with Spirit of St. Louis. And Luke McCarthy will be driving expensive ego. And Luke joins us on the line now. Luke, very good morning to you. Yeah, good morning, guys. Now, firstly, great to see King of Swing getting some more honours there last night at the Harness Racing New South Wales Awards. Oh, for sure. And it's sort of, yeah, I think because he retired and he's still not racing, it feels like it was so long ago. Um, so, yeah, for him to pop up with them awards winning, of course, the Miracle Mile Hunter Cup last year, you know, it's a great achievement for him. Okay, expensive ego then, looking ahead to Sunday night. Uh, what did you make of the draw? Drew 10, and uh, how does it play out for you, for you then from the gate? Oh, look, it's the worst draw we could have got. Um, but, you know, he, he's a very strong horse. Yeah, he won the Chariots of Fire from the same draw. Yeah, he went, done all the work and sat outside him in 48, which is, you know, really fast time. Yeah, so he's probably going to have to do the work again. And I think off his run Saturday night, he showed he's, he's right back to that you know, that form where he did sit parked in America Mile outside of King of Swing. You know, sat parked and won a chariot to fire. So he's going to have to do all the work, but we're really happy with him and think he's where he needs to be. How's your mindset changed from knowing that you're on the best horse the last three years and winning three in a row to on a horse that's a, a chance? Well, there's no pressure, Laurie. You, know, you just... You just the last three years, the first one was, you know, we thought we could win it, and we hope we did, and he did. The second year, King won it. It was the easiest group one I've probably ever won. And then the third year was, you know, the last one, so it was a lot of pressure in that last one for him yeah. to go out on top, and it was more of a relief to win it than a thrill. And, you know, so then three years are all different, but this year, just going into it, well, you're pretty carefree. You know, I know I've got a good horse, we're the underdog going in the race, and we can just enjoy the week and enjoy the race. When you look at these horses at the top of the market, uh, Luke, and you know the draw, there's been you know significant change because Captain Ravishing was was favourite for quite some time, and now Honolulu Bay, two dollars eighty, uh, draws four, possibly three of the emergency comes out. Overreaction, do you think, or do you think that's right? I think Honolulu Bay deserves to be favourite. Yeah. You know, he was Hunter Cup winner. He was he was really good on Saturday night. He's just flying. Um, I'll be honest. I I didn't sort of think the four year olds could win it. I just thought the older horses, Honolulu Bays, and 
Lewis and Matt Dan were probably just a touch more seasoned. But I know the Tonkin Stewart camp have got so much faith in Ravishing and they're such good trainers. So, you know, for them to be so high on that horse, and he did burn the other night when he led in the chariots and catch away betting. So maybe if he's just sitting up off cover, we'll see the true captain Ravishing this Saturday night. And how does Belinda feel about Spiritus and Lewis and its chance as well? Yeah, she's really happy with him. And Lily, my daughter, picked out his barrier draw yesterday. So Jack Kelly in the draw was very happy with barrier two. Um, but look, he, he went super on Saturday night. He's just a great horse. Like, he earned 700000 last year. You know, he's just money-making machine. And he just right up to this top level of horses. So he'll be right there. What else have you got on Saturday night we should keep a very close eye on? Well, we've got, we've got three in the derby and got a horse called Rock and Roll Hammer. He's only had five starts. He's actually King of Spring's little brother and I thought he went really good. Might be a touch early for him in this, you know, in his preparation, you know, derby, but he's got a lot of talent, so just keep an eye on him. Okay, brilliant stuff. Well, Luke, let's hope for your sake you're... Celebrating yet another triumph. It'll be, I'm Massive sure, very, achievement. Yeah, well, I'm sure it'd be different to the previous, but to, to win uh, with expensive ego, I'm sure the thrill will be similar. But really appreciate your time this morning and uh, enjoy the week. Yep, no worries. Thanks, guys. Luke McCarthy there to drive expensive ego, yet drawn, uh, drawn 10. Uh, not what it wanted. So it's been 17 to $21 today. Uh, so uh, $21. Stablemate Spirit of St. Louis there, $4.50. The favourite as it stands, though, Honolulu Bay at $2.80 with Tab. Catch a Wave is on the next line of betting at $3.80. And uh, then we mentioned, yeah, Spirit of St. Louis. And then it is Captain Ravishing, which has just been $4.50 to $5 today, ahead of the big one on Sunday night. The Miracle Mile now. Uh, give us a call. Heroes and Villains, we've still got a $100 gift card to give away this morning in a, a case of the alcoholic kombucha. And we've got Robbo. G'day, Robbo. How are you, mate? I'm good, boys. How are we all? How did you pull up, Robo? Well, I eventually pulled up, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we left there, went to uh, jump light rail, ended up at the Paragon down at the quay for a couple there because it was very thirsty on that light rail. Jumped yes. on the ferry and ended up at the Manly Club because it was very thirsty on there. Yep. Then got Ubered home and uh, ended up at Robo's Bar. It's <laughs> a lot of pit stops. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's a long way from Ramwick from Freshwater. You know, you got to hydra- hydrate. Yeah, you know, like the doctor said, keep your fluids up. That's exactly exactly right. Who's your well, hero? Who's your villain? Well, mate, I've got to give it. You know, this is not peeing in pockets, Laurie. You've got to be the hero. Any bloke that would sit there for four and a half hours or whatever it was, and, and have what two light beers, and then drive for five hours down to support his local club is fantastic. I tell you what, Robbo, it was a good weekend. I can imagine when you got there that there there might have been something waiting for you. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what, Robert. We got down there, and I've never seen as many people at the ground, which was great. The function was terrific, and they raised plenty of money for the team, and the community got behind the event, so it was great. And for all those other NRL players to give up their time over that weekend to go down there and support a local rugby league team, uh, a big thank you to all those guys. Yeah, no, that's, that's well done. That's well done. Um, villain, um, there's two villains, actually. Mido to start with, he introduced to me his father, Laurie, and then said, I'm going over here. You talk to him, Robbo. <laughs> he, <laughs> he brushed him. He brushed him. Oh, that's typical, Mido. 
Yeah, yeah. Can't, can't uh, and that. then whoever was that stood up on stage and said the party's over when we finished the lunch, well, they've got to be sacked. That could have gone on forever, and it should have. I don't know who did that. Who said I don't know, but someone said time, we? please. Oh, oh, we're up, and they called time at 3.34 o'clock. Oh, right, okay. Oh, that, oh gotcha, right. Yeah. Yep. We, we, yeah. No one wants the bar to close. No. No, great day. Thank you very much for everything. No, good on you, Robbo. Appreciate yeah, it, boy. mate. See you later. Uh, now, also, we're looking forward to seeing these teams tomorrow, Loz, because there's a lot of key players so, struggling to overcome injuries for round one. One of those is Nico Hines. He's battling a calf injury. And that's one of the games of the round Saturday night. Cronulla up against Souths at Shark Park. That is a good game. Uh, Souths are favourites. So I was originally you know, surprised at that, but I guess I wonder if uh, they'd priced in the fact that Nico's going to be in doubt. Which makes a significant difference. Well, he's the current Dally M player of the year, isn't he? Uh, he had such an influence on that Sharks team last season. Um, he played his best football. He played well in the Indigenous All Stars game uh, against the Maori All Stars. So um, that's not a, you know, great. Uh, that's a big loss, sorry, for the Sharks. Whereas South, they built nicely. They played well at the Charity Shield. But Cronulla are always difficult at home, they're always tough mm. to beat. And I reckon this season they're in for another good year. Craig Fitzgibbons re-signed a long-term deal. But trying to replace Nico Hines, that's going to be a difficult job. But they've got Braden Trindle there. And he, I think he, he played a number of games there last season. So he's been in the system for a period of time. So if, if he's to get in there and do the job, I don't think uh, it'll disrupt them too much. But what you get with Nico Hines is a guy that's very cool, very calm, uh, good kicking game, uh, identifies weaknesses in the opposition as well as anyone in the competition. Um, and they're still put out a strong footy team, the Sharks, and they're such an aggressive side. But this will be a good game. This is probably the the game that I'm looking forward to seeing because I think both these teams are very much capable of being in the top four and a chance of playing in a grand final. Gee, just betting-wise, I mean, this is a tough weekend. Oh, mate, uh, round one, round one to round four, I've always believed, is the toughest because there's so many upsets and you lose one or two games early and you're under pressure to win round three so you know in round three you might be playing against the team that's more fancy but the pressure is on you to deliver and you can go out there and cause an upset so I always reckon there's there's upsets early in the first month of the competition Um, and I see this year as being a lot more even than what it has been possibly over the last Definitely last year and the year before, because Penrith have been the standout. I'll go through these markets with tabs. So Parrot two dollars ten, Melbourne a dollar seventy four. So you're co- close to a coin flip there. Uh, the Warriors are a dollar fifty two against the Knights two dollars fifty five. I mean, you never back the Warriors with any confidence, do you? Uh, Penrith a dollar twenty two, Brisbane four dollars thirty. Uh, based on so you know, Brisbane are four dollars what four dollars thirty oh, plus geez. thirteen that's and a half at the line. That's a big start. Big start. Uh, Manly slight favourites at home against the Dogs. A dollar seventy four. The Dogs two ten. And Tom's available by the sounds of things. Tom yep. Turbo. North Queensland a dollar forty five. Canberra two seventy five in Townsville. Then we got that Cronulla Souths game uh, with Cronulla two twenty five. Slight outsiders at home. The Bunnies a dollar sixty five. Certainly the most lopsided market of the weekend is the Roosters a dollar eleven or nineteen and a half point favourites at the line against the Dolphins six dollars fifty. And then to finish it all off, it's Clarkies West Tigers. The Revolution under Tim Sheens, Benji Marshall, Robbie Farrar, $1.74 favourites 
last year's Wooden Spooners against the Gold Coast Titans, $2.10. Don't bring up Wooden Spoon. Why do you bring that up for? Well, that's it's old just, news. I'm just, Mate, it's a fact. Have you not learnt that in your life? Don't look backwards, look forwards. Yesterday doesn't count. Well, as it stands, Yesterday the unwanted count. cutlery Mate, is sitting in your cupboard. No, don't know what you're talking about. It's not in my cupboard. <laughs> in your Mum opinion. Mum smacked me on the backside with it, broke in half, went in the bin. <laughs> in your opinion, what, who, who's the most intriguing team this year? The one that you're looking at and going, Bulldogs. For sure. Bulldogs for sure, I reckon, mm. because they've got good stock now. Like, I reckon, I reckon this year the Bulldog, there is expectation on the yeah. Bulldogs. Like they, I, I, well, they've got a team capable of playing finals, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And yeah. they've got a coach that has had unbelievable reps on him. Yeah. Like, it's a little bit like what happened with um, Fitzy at the Sharks last year. That expectation was there based on what he's done as an assistant coach, coach for a long yeah. time. He showed everyone's right. Yeah, he is a fantastic dollar. coach. Yeah. Now, I reckon we're about to see this. Will you the have the dogs in your top eight? I don't think I'll have them in mine. I'm having a, oh, well, I reckon they're fighting for that eighth position. Wednesday, we're going to give them. I'll be disappointed yeah. if they don't make the eight. I reckon they've underachieved this year if they don't make the eight. I know <sighs> it's a big, big expectation, but I think with their stock, like if you look at their stock compared to the Tigers, their stock's better than the Tigers. And I'm screaming out for the Tigers to be somewhere around that eight, nine, ten. Mm. So if the Bulldogs were their squad, they yeah, should be in the I, eight. I think if everything goes right for the Bulldogs, they yep. don't get too many injuries. Yep. They have got a 17-man roster. Yep. I, I worry a little bit about their depth. depth. Yeah, you've said that. But, yeah. but their 17-man roster, they, they, you know, full, at full strength, can mm. play finals footy, yeah. David Stanley, a very good morning to you. Jared Middleton, Michael Clark, Laurie Daly, good to be here. Clubman Angle, it's a beautiful morning, isn't it? And um, been loving the... The chats this morning you've had in regards to this miracle mile. Later on on Racing HQ, well, we're going to have punters post-mortem and Ron Duffersey very, very soon. But at uh, 10.30 to 11, Mick Gearin's going to join us. A full in-depth preview of that miracle mile, runners, interviews. And 11 o'clock, I've got a special chat with uh, David Watson, who's the racing manager here at Clubman Angle. And it's going to be great just to, to have a chat and talk about uh, how this club just continues to go from strength to strength and the quality of this field as well. How about that lunch, boys? Oh, yes, good, it was a good lunch, yes. Dave. Wasn't any it? particular shout-outs for any any of the, the tables out there? Oh, table 12, they <laughs> table enjoyed 12 themselves. Table 12 were on fire. Yeah, they were good. <laughs> they were good. And made the most of the day, table They 12. made yeah, the most of it. They did. They were very happy with their prize. <laughs> they got a few take-homes as well, I think, they were saying, the boys. Well, a few take-homes. They won a jersey, yeah. I think. Mm. I think that Graham Arnold was outstanding. Yeah, awesome. Um, great to hear well. you guys talk, uh, yourself and Stewie as well. Um i tell you what, I'm not looking forward to the Ashes, though, if you and Shui are right. Um, great to have Spud and also Blocker just taking over. That's Laurie's favourite segment because he gets up and speaks and says hello and then doesn't say a <laughs> word for another Hands half an hour. It's so, the best Q&A ever. I'll tell you what, having blokes like that are so oh, easy. So Mate. good. They yeah. are so easy. They I, I could sit there and listen to them for Blocker, another hour. Blocker's that funny. He's got so many stories, hasn't he? wonderful stories, yeah. 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 And and having Mark Newnham and Brendan Abdullah talk some racing, mm. uh, and also we, we spoke about, obviously, Animo, and I know Ron Duffersy's there now. Morning, Duff. I mean, we all thought he was going to do something like that, but he's getting into that champion category now, isn't he, the big A? Yeah, Dave, he is. He's yeah. really good. Uh, you know, he's a champion. No, he mustn't be there, Duff. He will be joining us, though, for Punners Postmortem. Ron Duffersy, David Gately, and also Glenn Munsey uh, down the line. So we will have Punners Postmortem for the... Oh, you know what? I set that up so beautifully as well, Will. That was good. I thought Mido was, like, getting excited. Even if Duff was there, that was well played by him. How did your multi go on Friday, by the way? No good. No good. Mirror Vision ran fifth. 
Right. Uh, so again, we just seem to. We've, pup, we've got to have four Why horses. Why is it so all hard? I don't get four. it. Why is it so hard? Well, it's hard. Loss doesn't hey, say pup, it's hard. You know, life's hard. Life, no, no, life is. No, no, the life <laughs> thing, sometimes things no, don't happen. No, no, the sorry. Way you want them no, to happen. No, the life thing is a given. That is you hard. Know? The multi thing. Loss tells me it's easy. Some th- sometimes things just don't go to script, <laughs> yeah. and that's yeah. a Saturday on the punt. And we always okay, need a know? scapegoat. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah you, you, need a, you need someone to blame. Yeah, you, need someone. you can't blame yourself. Sean this, this morning, yeah. his villain was the Sandown straight because he got run down. <laughs> he's like, it's too long. My horse is, he's like, I'm get, oh, I got run down four or five times. And, and what did so, you think of that particular well, was, you, not, you weren't happy with it? Said was the, that's a, another well, excuse. Another scapegoat. Another excuse. But there's always, that's the best thing about being a punter. It's never your fault for actually putting the bet on or pressing the button. No. It's never. Always someone else's fault. It's always fault. someone else's fault. Mm. Uh, I think Ron Duffus is there now. Good morning, Duff. Uh, I know you're going to be joining myself on Punters Postmortem. I said I use that champion word with Animo. Is he in that category now for you, mate? Oh, he has been for a while for me. You know, like I said, like I said yesterday, you look at his defeats in the, you know, the, the Blue Diamond, the Golden Slipper, the Golden Rose, and even that protest in the, in the first Cox Plate. Imagine what could have happened. Um, you know, he drew wide barriers, was dragged back to last in a couple of them, and he had legitimate excuses and unlucky. So, yep, he's uh, he's a brute of a horse, and he's he's just got presence about him. And uh, no, there's no doubt about it. No matter what happens from here on in, um, he, he's he's cemented as a champion in my eye. What did you make of Sunshine in Paris in the Group One Surround Stakes, where the favourite in Secret ran third? Well, she's just amazing. Uh, to think that she's gone from a Canberra maiden in November right through to this, uh, beating a field like this, and all in her first racing preparation is, is, is a feather in the horse's cap and also the trainer's, and it's got a good ride as well, but that was an exciting race. You know, the, 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 the half a head covered the four of them, more or less, and uh, which all goes well for the future as far as uh, the punting is concerned because there'll be the eyes of her, you know, different people have different eyes for different horses coming out of that race. I know it was only a tap highway, Duff, but what did you make of Mogo Magic? Well, you don't see it often. He he overdid things, and then a horse loomed up to him, and you think, oh, he might be he left a little bit vulnerable here, but he he just off he went again. Um, you don't see it often, and he's better than he's better than highway class, but he'll probably come back and win another one at a short price. And who knows what can happen after that? I'm hearing there's offers from Hong Kong, which is tempting. Um, so we'll see what happens with Scott and, and Mogo Magic, but uh, he's a he's a he's a ripping fast horse. We'll catch you for punters post mortem shortly, Duff. I, I was well set up that first cross. Um, I can't <laughs> press every button in the joint. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. Well, some of his best work too, Duff. Yeah, oh, yeah I, I know. Play, Duff, Three days play. planning that. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. A lot of effort went into that. I've got to give a, a smooth too. I've got to give a shout out to the Albury Race Club. I was down in Albury on Saturday. Um, I know you, all of us are mm. going to be down there for the Cup, uh, for that Calcutta and Cup meeting. But, yeah, that country championships from all reports to Tamworth was great. Uh, this week we go to Maruya, so we've got Maruya. I've got a bit of uh, news as well. Mandaboss spoke with Barbara Joseph. Mandaboss will line up in the country championship uh, final for that particular district. Can't say qualifier, Meadow. Mm. Uh, for that particular district. And uh, Brody Loy to ride. Brody Loy to ride. So Quay Crow already has been booked on another rider, mm-hmm. another horse. So uh, that's not a good opportunity for Brody to uh, to ride Mandaboss, who, of course, 
won that um, Sapphire Coast Cup, that yep. Vega Cup, and will drop back to the 1,400, but is flying. So there's a bit of uh, bit of news for you. All right. I've got to give a winner out for Heroes and Villains this morning. What's, it, what's her name? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Toddy from Leeton has one. I'm giving it to a text this morning. Thanks for all the calls and texts, though. Uh, Hero, Women's 2020 World Cup victory. Villain, Chelsea FC, (laughs) Graham Potter. Just let's put him out of his misery. There you go. Dave Stanley. That's Todd McCarthy from Leeton. Thank you, linesman. Thank you, ball boys. See you Tuesday.